Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast today we continue our top 100 favorite movies ever this is part six 40 through 49 we're in the top 50 now and my god is it getting hard i'm colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you in case this is the first time you're joining us I'd recommend going back and listening to one the 100s through 50s, you know, 150 through 100, the back half. Um, just a bunch of good movies, just a bunch of good movies we've talked about, nothing but movies we love, and that's a that's a great time. Uh, but if this is the first time you're joining us and you don't plan on checking those out until after this, hey, all the power to you. Just want to reiterate that this is favorites, not top 100 best. Neither me or Joe are equipped to tell you the top 100 best movies of all time, as we don't really think anybody is equipped for such a task. It is a subjective medium, and we are going to treat it as such by only talking about our favorites. And uh, I think that's that's the more fun way to go about it anyway. Um, but man, I've got I've got some greats in this episode. This one was oh, a fun, yeah. uh, you know, in, in anticipation of this, I watched, I think, five movies maybe only four, four movies that were in my forties. Okay. That were in my forties. Mm-hmm. Two of them elevated and two of them did not move. Uh, the fun fact about this episode is this is the last episode in the entire rest of the run where I have movies. I've watched only once. Yeah. yeah. The top 39 I've seen at least twice, but this is, I, I have four movies this episode, which speaks volumes about how good those four movies are. That they've made the top 50, and I've only watched them once. Um, and I'm so very excited. I do have a few honorable mentions. Have you given any Have you given any first viewings since since last mm-hmm. we spoke that you uh, you feel need a, a little light shined on them? I don't think so. I was about to start in Glorious Bastards, and then I, I was just on mm-hmm. YouTube. I got down the YouTube rabbit hole, and then it was too late yeah, to start it. Uh, um, but yeah, no, no first watches for me. Sadly. I've got I've got a few. I've got a few here, and I got a few revisits. I've been using. I've already made use of your list uh, for for a few of my watches. You know, I rewatched Toy Story three for the first time, and I don't know how long yesterday. And mm. uh, my God, is that just a really good fucking movie, man? Like, I'm just. I was kind of left yeah. baffled by how good that movie is. Um, a first viewing I took from your list that probably would have made my top one hundred. Uh, Zodiac, directed Ooh. by David Fincher. Yeah. Um, never saw it. Finally got around to it. So very happy I did. Uh, yeah. it's extremely good movie. Don't know how high it would have climbed up my list, but it definitely would have made it. I think mm. uh, just, just a, a lot of great performances. Just uh, I've I've taken a deep dive into the director Sidney Lumet, um, who is very very talented. Love the guy, and uh, 
he had a couple movies that were going to be in the forties that are revisited and are no longer in the forties. Um, but the other ones that I watched of his were the verdict, uh, and Serpico and find me guilty and the morning after. I was like, I love this director. I'm hooked on him now. And Mm -hmm. he's got so many fucking movies. So I'll be watching as many of them as I can. And probably two of those would have made my top 100. I think the verdict in Serpico Al Pacino is brilliant in Serpico. um, And the verdict uh, is probably it's got Paul Newman, who is awesome. Uh, Just a wonderful, wonderful courtroom drama. Um, But the top the top one first viewing that like would have rose up my list is Lahaine. Lahaine. That's what I was waiting on. French French film from 1995 that has received incredible notoriety. um, Directed by Matthew Kasovitz, starring Vincent Cassell. Uh, Incredible, incredible movie. And I don't want to, I don't want to speak too much on it, but it had an ending that just left me. Speechless, which is mm. like literal <gasps> gasp, a gasp left me, and I like immediately like balled up and wow. went into armadillo mode and was like, oh my god, no, 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 you know. So it's just a brilliant, brilliant movie, and I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, so yeah, that would have that would have been top twenty if we mm. if if it were to join a list, but it shan't. You know, yeah. uh, yeah, after talking about it, that that was the one that I was, I'm very interested to watch like that. That's, oh, I'm, man, that was, I'm very intrigued to watch that movie now. It is uh, so fucking good. Can't mm-hmm. recommend it enough, but let's, uh, let's get on with the forties then, you know, we're in the top 50 now. What do you got at 49? We are. And this is, this is the last Pixar movie for me. It couldn't rise too mm-hmm. high. You know, it, it broke the, the end game barrier. Um, but I, I couldn't really put it too much higher, but it is my favorite Pixar movie. Of all time, and that's Wally, um, 2008, directed by oh, Andrew no. Stanton. Um, I don't know. I just I remember just watching this one at very first. I, I just immediately loved this movie. Um, I think like Wally's just the cutest little robot there is. I don't know. I just I just love the look of Wally, and then like the whole the whole movie, like the whole concept of the movie that you know humans trashed Earth, um, just. Over a long, long span of time, it just kept getting worse and worse, and they had to leave. They're on their spaceships, you know, and they're everyone's in their floaty chairs, drinking their food smoothies or whatever, you know, yeah. and like just just living. I mean, not gonna lie, it looks pretty sick to live in that yeah. ship. Like, I mean, I, I'm I'm not I'm not about to say that I wouldn't want that life, um, but you know, the movie it, it goes to speak for for just the destruction of Earth and. And uh, all the industrialization, all that sort of stuff. So I, I automatically love it for that. And mm-hmm. then just like the little love story that's in there too between Wally and Evie. And I don't know if it's, I don't know, he, Eva, you know, I just, I love Wally. Wally. It's, it's, it's crazy that like my favorite Pixar movie has like the least amount of lines out of any like Pixar movie there is. Like a lot a visual, of visual, it's a visual experience more oh, than yeah. anything. Yeah, it's just very silent and you know you get a few little like robot you know words in there every now and then but it's like it's very non-spoken until you get to the ship and then you have humans you know to talk about things and stuff like that but but yeah i just i don't know i i just adore this movie um i can i can i mean 
it's probably my most watched Pixar movie, if I had to say. It's it's mm. a very comfort movie for me. I, I, I watch it watch it quite a lot. Uh, I'd say probably about a month ago would be the last time I did watch it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I just I love love Wally. I don't know. I'm looking at the actors for the first time. Ben Burt as Wally. Ben Burt. Um, that's yeah. an ILM uh, sound designer for yeah. Lucasfilm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A New Hope. Phantom Menace is on his yeah. own. Like, like worked for yeah. Lucasfilm forever. That's wow. I did not know that. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay. And then Al- Alyssa, maybe? Alyssa Knight as Evie um, mm. or Eve. Um, she's Tia in Cars. Tia. Tia? Don't recall Tia. Tia. Yeah, in Cars 1, apparently. Um, she's an Up, Inside Out. Um, Pixar voice actress, huh? Mm-hmm. Looks like it. Um, probably the only two voice actors I really... And then Jeff Garland, he's the captain. Um, mm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, other things. He's in Babylon, I guess, as Don Wallach. Wallach? Wallach? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Just a, a visual... Yeah, you said it. It's, it's a very visual um, movie. And I just... I love... I love just him, like, just... Just, I mean, he seems like he's the you know, like the last little trash compactor left. That's what he is. He's just a trash compactor, you yeah. know. He just takes trash, he puts it in a little cube, he and he it stacks and them up. It out. Yeah, he just stacks them up. He makes his own little skyscrapers out of trash, and and his little collection that he has, and his little call, you know, his little like home base. I don't know what to call it, and just yeah. he has just a bunch of different artifacts and stuff. And he's got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. Oh yeah, he's got yeah, who's he and what's its galore. And he stumbles well, upon mermaid. a plant, you know, and he's like, yeah. oh, this is, this is different. This is special. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't watched Wally in too long. You know, I think uh-huh. it's, uh, it's been a while since I have, but, uh, I do love that movie, man. Yeah. There's, there's so much to like about it. The actual, the last time I caught a little bit of a soul movie was actually this morning. Uh, Emily had to wake up much earlier than me to get ready for work. And I woke up to the last 30 minutes of soul. So I got to watch like the ending uh-huh. of soul. Uh, this morning, just getting my get inspired for the mm. day, you know, by yeah. the ending of Soul. So, you know, Pixar's got some. Pixar's got the goods, man. They really do. Um, yeah, they do. And whenever they do innovate like that, like with Soul and with Wally, I'd say um, that's when it really, really stands out. Um. Well, I mm-hmm. did watch Toy Story three yesterday as well. So, yeah. uh, they, there's also that they got um, the juice. Yeah, they do. Know. They, uh, they know what they're doing. But yeah, Wally. It's only you know it's just it goes soul end game and then Wally so I mean I, they're very close soul very and, close. and Wally for me um, I think Wally just I've seen it a shit ton more I just it's a it's more of a comfort movie yeah um, nostalgic classic as well yeah, exactly. at least when we were younger what was that oh nine oh eight oh eight um, I guess is that right yeah oh eight um, so yeah yeah I would have been eight years old and this was coming out so yeah big um, deal oh yeah. But love me some Wally. But I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. My first movie, my forty nine for the episode, is uh an older one. I'm kicking it back uh to nineteen forty six. Okay. With a matter of life and death, directed by Emmerich Pressburger and Michael Powell. Uh 
Pressburger and Powell are some of the most talented visual filmmakers that have ever existed, like to the point where it's it's kind of astonishing that they were able to accomplish what they did when they did and how they did. Um, wow. And yeah, that's, that's this old. is a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Um, I got this is one of the ones I rewatched last night. It was the one I texted you where I rewatched it. And I was like, I wanted to move it up the list. But I couldn't, you know, it was just like, that's where that movie is. You know, it's, it's awesome. And I love it so dearly, but I love so many of these movies so dearly. So, uh, okay. This is the one. Yeah. I remember like, yeah, I text you about it after I watched it for the first time. Uh, yeah. I remember yeah, this is, uh, two shots from it that just were, yeah, like a stairway shot and then like, yeah, the, stairway to heaven circles. Like, yeah. I don't know, I don't know no, what man, that context it's, uh, is, but the technicolor sort of dream that they kind of put before you is astonishing. Uh, I love a movie that mixes up the color and black and white, you know, they give you a little bit of both. Uh, and that's, that's kind of how this movie is spent. There's uh so it probably has my favorite opening scene of any movie ever, maybe, um, which is it's high praise, but like it, it kicks off with a fucking bang. Um, so it starts with a pilot in world war two, an English soldier um, whose plane is crashing. His his wingman is dead, uh, his, his radio operator that's also in the ship, uh, and he's going down. He knows he knows he's going down. So he phones to the mainland to let them know what's happening. You know, he, he had a bunch of his crew bail out, and he's he's going down soon. He gets a hold of June, the radio operator for the Americans at uh, at whatever base she's at. And, uh, he just, he wants to, he wants to have like a bit of normalcy in his final, what he thinks is going to be his final yeah. interaction. He's about to die. He knows he's about to die. So he's like, June, where are you from? What do you do? You know, like, uh, mm -hmm. where, 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 what's your deal? And they, they have this intense conversation when he's about to die. Um, he's like, do you love anybody? She's like, I, I, I don't have, I don't have anyone that I love. And, uh, she she's like I I I think I could love you and he's like he's like oh I do love you your life and I'm leaving you just a hard fucking wow. bar man I was like Dude. oh my god like that this first scene like brought me to tears like within minutes and I'm like oh I'm gonna fucking love this movie um and so it plays with it plays with the afterlife quite a bit I think it's a massive inspiration for Soul it's literally like a the premise is that he was supposed to die because he ejects from his plane without a parachute. He's supposed mm. he's supposed to die. Uh, he doesn't die. He washes up on the shore. Um, and we also cut to the afterlife, which is where all the stuff in black and white takes place. Mm. And it's literally like they've gotten the counting. They were supposed to get nine ninety one thousand five hundred and sixteen souls, but oh, they only wow. got ninety one thousand five hundred and fifteen. So it's like it's a, a heavy inspiration on soul. Oh, yeah. I have to guess. Um, That's pretty cool. And. uh huh. Just a uh, wonderful character work, beautiful visuals. Like I watched her for the second time and I said it couldn't climb, but uh, again, I'm just speaking to how much I love all the movies ahead of it. Like, uh, mm. it's, it's a fantastic experience and I can't, I can't recommend it enough. Just that, that line I said, you know, I, I do love you, June, your life. And I'm leaving you just like a, I, I was like immediately like, Oh, like it made me do like the, the stank face whenever you like hear like a song that goes crazy mm. and you're like, 
oh, like I was just like, oh, that's a fucking bar right there, you know? And I just couldn't believe it, man. Like, it reminded it's like, me it's a little a of, of Cap, Captain America going down. And mm-hmm. like, you know, what big, about that big, team? those vibes. Uh, you know? And June yeah. has massive Peggy Carter vibes, except it's mm-hmm. reversed, you know? He's the Englishman, she's the American, but in Captain America, Peggy, it's the other way around. Uh, so it's... A matter of life and death, but a apparent like stairway to heaven. Is that just like the common name that people gave it, or like because it's I don't know, it's on IMDb as yeah, stairway yeah. to heaven, but an original title as a matter of life and death. Yeah, so I'm assuming that it's uh it got a different title at some point throughout its release. I've only known it as a matter of life and death, um, but mm-hmm. I've always seen it with like the parentheses stairway to heaven, mm-hmm. um, because there's quite literally a stairway to heaven that uh, you. You see the characters hang out on at various points. And it's like the most fantastical, exciting courtroom drama you'll ever watch. Hmm. Because he's like, he's protesting. Like he gets a, he gets a visit from this Frenchman who died long ago, who's supposed to be like the Grim Reaper, so to say. But he's like super nice. He's super chill. He's like, he's like, hey man, you're supposed to die yesterday. You didn't. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd come with me. Um, and, uh, so he he makes this appeal where once he washes up on the shore, he finds June and they fall in love. And like they he's like, hey, I'm in a completely different circumstance than I was yesterday. And it's because of your mistake. I think I should be able to continue to live. Um, mm. And so it's the the whole thing is that conflict is the afterlife, basically a legal battle between the afterlife and this guy about whether or not he should be able to continue to live. Uh, That's awesome. Oh, dude, it's a fun fucking movie, and it's uh, philosophically very, very fulfilling, like uh, the exploration of how we face death and uh, and everything. It's just wonderful. I love that movie. So um, mm. I've watched it twice, and the second time will not be the last. You know, it's 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 yeah. so good. Um, but yeah, so A Matter of Life and Death at 49 here. Okay, well, taking it to, to 48, I got my first Jordan Peele movie on the list um and it it's it's us uh, i think pretty pretty comfortably for me um get out and nope are our leagues better than us um but i don't i uh yeah it's 2019 when us came out it is his second um i think like purely director um his second movie and uh yeah jordan, jordan peele he wrote in and directed it you know, you get a little um, Mbaku and, and Nakia um, as as the lead roles in here, which oh, is, yeah, is pretty yeah. cool. uh, their, their husband and wife. And have you ever seen Us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah okay, okay. I, I was no. gonna like not spoil or like go like with the twist. No, you're good to go. You're good to go with this one. It's a uh, it's one that I'm very familiar with. Because it, I don't know, it's just like with Jordan Peele movies, there's always some big twist in his movies. Like there's there's always something that like the third act hits and you're like, wait, what? Like, what the, like, what the fuck's going on? But this one, like, it just keeps kind of going. Like, it's like, there's the, the twist that like, okay, there is like a doppelganger or like another version of you, you know, just in this underground, whatever. Like, there's a lot of things that are just left unanswered that it's better just kind of not to think about or else there's a, oh, yeah. some plot holes that you can kind of poke and stuff in, in this movie. But like, you know, just, okay, there's this other version of you out, like out there. And then, you know, they just start to come up and terrorize the family. And then, and then you learn like, oh, like it's, it's some weird like government thing where they cloned everybody, but then they couldn't like 
clone their souls. So, like, they just kind of abandon all these clones. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? And then, like, I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. Um, I would probably be spoiling every single movie on this list anyways. Um, but, like, you find out that, like, I forget her, her character name in the show. Let's see. Ad, what is Ad, Adelaide? Adelaide? Yeah, Adelaide. Um, but, like, Red is, like, her, her alternate version that's, like, in the upside down, I guess, if you want to call it. But it turns out that they switched in their childhood years. Like, they they made the switch. So the upside down version went into the real world, and then the real world version went into this upside down version. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, like, you know, it's this whole just question, like, I don't know, weird philosophical questions of, like, you know, this is a clone without a soul that ended up in the real world, blended With in fine, you know, yeah. and like, well, maybe, that's, like, uh, uh, like contemplating that, like, are we all capable of this sort of thing? Yeah. If, uh, if, if brought to it. Yeah. No, it's yeah. a, it's a fascinating movie, man. It's, it's one that I've only watched once and doesn't quite make mm-hmm. my top 100. Mm-hmm. I do have both get out and nope. Neither of which will be this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I, they're much better. Like I, I love get out and nope on a, on a whole different level than us, but it was, I think this was actually my first Jordan Peele movie that I did watch. It, mm-hmm. Get Out wasn't my first. I watched Get Out after Us, and okay. and I just like I love his style for horror. He knows how to build like suspense just slowly over the whole span of the movie. Like like the if he does a jump scare, it's like I don't know. It's he doesn't really rely on them at all. It's really the situational horror that is is like what he what he builds off of. And I don't know, just like any time. There's someone standing outside of a house, just still, with, like, a weapon. Like, they're just standing there staring into the house. Like, that's, I don't know why that just gets to me so much, but in this one, you have a whole family of four. They're yeah, all their like, standing out there, and, like, you know, you sl- like they slowly kill each of them over the oh, span dude. of the movie. Uh, you know, and do you know, it has not left me, uh, I, looking in mirrors. Mm-hmm. That's a rough. I've got a mirror to my right right now, and like I don't want to like I don't want to look at it too long because I'm afraid yeah, like, I look back and it won't look away. You know, like Hall of Mirrors shit. Like yeah, I'm I'm good. Like now I'm like yeah, <laughs> like it's like the back rooms. You know that people talk about like that we all have this weird memory of like just blank hallways that go on forever and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And like I don't know where that stems from, but I feel like I sort of remember that as a kid, like having this weird fear of this rooms that went on forever and then it's like oh yeah i had a nightmare i had i had a i had like a recurring nightmare when i was a child Uh, of like a secret like i went to i went to an elementary school that had like three main hallways mm -hmm. like you go one way then there's a big connecting one you go to the next there's a big connecting one you go to the next i had a dream where there was a fourth hallway Mm -mm. and it just went like it was never ending, and once you got there, there was no way out. It was horrifying. Stuck yeah. with me. I haven't had that dream in like ten years at minimum. You know, like uh, like that's that's dreams that's some are, freaky shit. Dreams are just weird. Like I don't know. Like it's I for some reason I've just been dreaming so much more recently. And like I woke up at like four thirty in the morning uh, today because of a dream. Just a, it was nice. It was like this, this like resort kind of in the middle of the woods, like at a lake. And I'm like, I'm going on a run, and I have like comic books with me, and I'm like, I'll find, eventually find a spot to sit down and like read some comic books. That's all that was going on. 
Mm. And then like this other girl's running a- alongside me, and then like we just stop, and then I-, I get into like their cabin somehow, I guess. And like we're just talking, and then just a nuclear bomb goes off in the background, and I just see the horizon start to slowly just. Just you had a nuke dream, bro. Oh my god. Uh mm-hmm. do you remember a couple weeks back, um or a week and a half ago, you'd hit me up at like two thirty AM because uh you were warning me about the next day how probably we probably weren't gonna be able to record mm-hmm. because you were having mm-hmm. you were having, I was getting up at five I woke up at like four forty five in the morning to hit you up to tell you I had a nuclear bomb dream. Damn. Yeah, yeah that's, no, that's like, weird. and I was like, cause I'd just seen Oppenheimer the night before and it like, mm-hmm. it like really shaken me to the, where I was going to text you and be like, you know how good, and then I was like, well, this is of little importance now. I'm going to go ahead and wish my, <laughs> wish my boy good luck. And you know, like, that was kind of, that was where I was at, but it like very vividly, very vividly watched that happen and was like, oh yeah, no, this is, I mean, it's insane how like. I've never, like, I've never had, I that might be the, the first nuclear dream I've ever had, but, like, I just saw the flash, it was, like, over the horizon, but it was just a big flash, and I was there with, like, this random girl and dad, just never, like, just random people, and they just, we all knew, we were just, like, we, they were, like, it was, like, oh, fuck, like, everyone, like, we just knew, mm-hmm. and then, like, the horizon, like, literally, just, just trees just started flying, like, it was, like, a wave, but the land, like, you know, yeah. it was, like, the, you know just coming closer we were just, a problem on the horizon it was kind of like we were just like having just normal like i don't know we were just trying to like have any sort of conversation and then i just woke up no, and i'm yeah. like well i'm not going back to sleep i'm like there's no shot i'm going back to sleep you know after yeah, that no, I, I woke up that was yeah i woke up that morning and i was up for the rest of the day like that's yeah. a that's that's mm-hmm. a crazy that i because and what's even crazier is knowing that my dream not at all what that would be like you know like it was it was freaky Mm -hmm. but it's not even that tame you know what i'm saying like it's even more horrifying than that Mm -hmm. like that's crazy shit man yeah that's crazy shit weird dreams i don't know maybe maybe they are some actual pat you know view like after that doctor strange movie of like your dreams are just you know your multiversal self you're just in a different state of consciousness whatever it's like i don't know every time i have a dream i'm just like you know what is it trying to tell me now you know what what's what's going on i'm like i'm looking at the news i'm like okay please tell me nothing actually happened in the world i'm like you know right, I'm, right. I'm out for a little bit i just went I'm having some weird connection to yeah. Yeah, some actual event no i yeah. get you though now yeah. us man that's a it'll, it'll yeah. get you to contemplate how freaky Dude, shit is on. just every day yeah. man uh yeah i don't know jordan peele just has a way of mm. i don't know Get itching that, itching that horror bone. You know, I, I love horror movies, and he just he has a way about him. Oh, um, he does. Love, he does so. indeed. But um, yeah, no horror movies for me this week. Uh, I don't. I don't have any mm. horror. Um, mm. but I do have. I do have a bit of a romance flick in my next spot. Okay, my forty-eight. Mm. Uh, quite the change up. Quite the change up. Uh, this is a Chinese film called In the Mood for Love from the year 2000, directed by Wong Kar Wai. Uh, you may recognize the the lead actor in this movie, Tony Leung, who played uh, Wenwu in Shang-Chi, yeah. Yeah, The Legend yeah. of the Ten Rings. Um, but uh, this is, uh, this might be the swooniest movie 
that exists. Um, they are they are longing in this one, man. Mm. There's just a, a they are they want one another. You know, it's a it's a it's a lovely movie where both the leads are married and they live next door to each other in this apartment complex. Um, Tony Leung's wife is having an affair with uh, the lead actress's husband. So they find solace in one another as they kind of put the pieces together and they spend time with each other trying to rectify their self-esteem a little bit, try to try to feel better about themselves through each other and practice like confronting their spouses with each other about it. Mm. But as they do this, they continue to fall deeper for each other but they decide that they can't act because they're not them. You know, they're not them. They oh, won't stoop to man. that. So like, uh, but they want each other so bad, but they, they principally, they can't do it. Uh, and it's, uh, I mean, Wong Kar Wai is a brilliant visual filmmaker. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous movies. And this is one of those ones that I've only seen once. Um, and if I saw it another time, I have no doubt it would be higher on this list. Um, a rewatch could benefit it like crazy Has one of the most beautiful, uh, musical motifs I've ever heard. Um, just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and again, visually just a brilliant filmmaker. Uh, another one that's quietly one of my favorite directors of all time, you know, uh, just kind of, he's made some beautiful movies, 2046. And, uh, uh, happy together that's another good one i like that one a lot that's another one with tony leung actually they both are both those movies have tony leung in them so uh great great filmmaker and in the mood for love definitely my favorite of his uh and i cannot wait to watch it again it's one that i've been like the last couple nights i've been like oh maybe i start this and then like 20 minutes i'm tired as fuck so i, I i've gotten like 15 to 20 minutes mm -hmm. into it like two nights in a row and been yeah. like, I can't do this. I gotta go to sleep. Yeah, I better uh, fall asleep that early on than because like yeah, there's a certain point in. where you pass like a threshold where you're like, well, now I'm like too invested and I gotta stay up, you know. And mm -hmm. it's like, but yeah, at least not too far in. But yeah, I don't know. I gotta I gotta get a little more romance movies in my under my oh, belt. Fun, uh, so yeah, category that I just I haven't dove too deep, you know, deeply into. But yeah, this and I think that'll be my only romance for the episode. Mm -hmm. um, but. That's uh that's the one this week. I've kinda had I've kinda had an on and off one with that. You know, I had before sunrise and past lives already. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah. No, it's uh Romeo and Juliet in the seventies. See, I'm trying to see if I have one per nah, mm -hmm. not none in the eighties. And Yeah, I guess I oh. Yeah, kinda of like my one space movie per ten. I guess my mm -hmm. Wally kinda of already did it. Yeah, there you um, go. So I already I already got my space one for the for the ten, th this group of ten. Um, oh wow! Actually, the next episode won't. Um, I, I, I'm a liar. Ooh. I don't have a space movie in my nothing next in the thirties, huh? Um, I do have a space movie in the thirties. Ah, so thank you fun. for making up. Yeah, I'll make up for it. I got um, you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what's uh, what's at your forty-seven? All right. Well, not romance. Um, this one. Um, I think you like. For some reason, watching this movie as a kid, I thought I was cool watching this movie. Like, I, I don't know why. Um, but then as I've grown, I'm like, okay, no, this actually is just a pretty good movie. 
Um, it is 1999's uh, Fight Club by David Fincher. And it's actually ah. his birthday today, I think, I saw on Twitter. Happy um, birthday, David. I think so, yeah. And, uh, As I'm of the day of recording, yes. Monday. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, which is just pretty cool. Uh, weird coincidence that that happened there. But, I don't know, Fight Club. It was, like, a movie that has a twist in it. Like, I don't know, I think this is one of the biggest, like, twists that I can remember. Oh, um, yeah. In movies, like, just in general. Like, um, you know, I didn't really get the twist of, you know, Vader being Luke's father. And I just watched, watched Empire. I'm going to return the Jedi that. Uh, yesterday with the fam. And, yeah, it's like, the twist comes, and it's like, yeah, well, I don't know. It's just kind of common knowledge at that point. But this... I remember, mm-hmm. like, seeing this for the first time, and I was just like, oh, like, what? Like, holy, like, it changes everything about the movie. Like, when you watch it again, you're like, I, I can, like, it's it's kind of one of those movies where I wish I could see it for the first time again and, mm-hmm. and experience all I wish I could, too, because I watched this for the first time when I was probably f- 14, 13 or 14, mm-hmm. and I watched it again when I was, like, 16 or 17, and I got it. But I know it would hit so much harder if I watched oh, it now, you yeah. know, like, uh, yeah, it has, has been a little bit. I'd say it's probably been over a year or so that I, that I haven't, haven't watched. I don't it. think I've watched it in Maybe six or seven two. years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it has, has been a little bit, but I don't know, just, uh, I mean, Edward Norton and Brad Pitt just are Love so that. good in this movie and like the end, like whenever Ed Norton's like confronting it, like all of it, it's like hitting them all at once. And he's just like, Hold, like, what have I done? Like, holy, like, like I'm here now. Like, dude blew up a city, you know, like that. That's where this movie like goes. He just blows up built, you know, however many buildings blow up at the end there. Started a freaking cult. And I just added just a little underground fight club, you know. And like, I don't know. I, like, I always like, well, I thought it was cool, you know, like rule number one, fight club. You don't talk about fight club. Rule number two, you just don't talk about fight club. You know, I don't know. It's just like, I felt like I was like in the know. Like, I mm-hmm. felt I, like for, you know, it's like just completely fake. It's made up. But like, we had like at recess, I feel like we'd have like fight clubs, you know, but oh, like yeah, we wouldn't yeah. actually, we wouldn't fight, you know, like these dudes were fuck. These dudes were brawling. I mean, these yeah. guys were like, going at it knocking it was, teeth it, out was and, da- it was a danger to society yeah uh just very very bad but um yeah no i just it's just a a really crazy twist of a movie and like just a, a wild ride to go on whenever you're watching it for the first time and and even on like rewatch it's still still i mean it doesn't hit as hard the second time or third time but like i don't know i i just you can appreciate the performances more and and then like just certain like thinking back like oh wait yeah this dude's not even real like brad pitt's not real the whole time you know just uh completely it made up in, in ed norton's mind and you can i don't know just think of how he's like making himself crazy over the whole like the whole span of the movie and just uh i don't know really uh, one i'm definitely gonna have to revisit soon um but just a, a super fun fun movie and and uh yeah not 1999. Definitely didn't watch this. I don't know. Wasn't allowed to watch it. I'd say for quite oh, yeah, some time. Some Maybe time. that's why I felt like you know I was I was a little like I was on the dangerous side of watching this. You I feel like I don't know. I, you weren't. Yeah, I feel to like it was like it. at a friend's house or something like that that I watched it for the first time, and it just it just felt so cool. But, but as as time goes on, I mean, I, I did I do still still really like it. It was enough to to make my top fifty. So, um, but yeah, I just I don't know. Not really much else to say about it, I guess. It's mm. kind of a a weird movie when you think about it. 
Um, no, yeah, it's one that I just haven't seen in years, man. Mm-hmm. I uh, I desperately need to rewatch it, and I do. I plan to uh, ahead of the the killer with Michael Fassbender, um, new David Fincher one later this mm-hmm. year. Very excited mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I talked about that last week. I think you had Zodiac last week, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that yeah. was my fifty nine. Yeah, yeah, talked about that a little bit about how I'm going to go ahead and recomb his filmography because yeah. he's very, very good. Um, read read a comic over the killer, apparently. Yeah, apparently, uh, I did not know be, that was a comic book movie. Pretty um, cool. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I don't know. David Fincher. Fink. Is it Fincher? Um, yeah, Fincher. You got it right. I don't know. I just a lot of movies that I didn't know were from him, but like yeah. I, I like, I like a lot of his talented, movies that he puts talented out. Talented gentleman. Um, so yeah, happy birthday today. Uh, but a couple days ago, whenever this yep. comes out, um, yeah, hopefully not a piece of shit in real life. I don't know. Uh, I don't know like anything about the guy. I just know his movies are, are really No, great. yeah. I've, I've never heard anything. Yeah. Never heard anything bad. So seems cool. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. I've got my next one. It's from, uh, I'm going into my top Kubrick film. My number one Stanley Kubrick. I already said The Shining, and I already said mm-hmm. 2001 A Space Odyssey. That was last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I'm going with his Cold War dark comedy from 1964, Dr. Strange Love, or mm-hmm. How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Oh, uh, we were just talking about, uh, you know, nuclear dreams a little bit ago, and this is this mm-hmm. is what I have here. Um, here it is. Okay. This is, uh, it's my favorite Kubrick film simply because it is so easy to watch. You know, it's not, it, there's almost no uneasiness about it as far as the like, uh, usual thing you're getting from like Jack Torrance or, you know, uh, the, the thing that's lurking around the corner in 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. that weird fucking room he's in at the end. You know, like that's mm-hmm. all freaky. This yeah. is, this is a funny fucking movie. This is a this is a really funny yeah. smart comedy um about the dangers of nuclear war which is a, a difficult thing to make funny. Um yeah. <laughs> and and he does make this funny, you know. We got we got a few great actors in it. Peter Sellers playing I think a triple role here. I think he has three different characters in this movie. Wow. Um yeah. Captain Lionel Drake, uh the president of the United States and Doctor Strange Love himself. Um mm. George C. Scott is is fantastic in it as Buck Turgidson. Uh, yeah, uh, Slim Pickens, James. Yeah, James yeah. Earl Jones got a little role in this movie. Okay. Um, basically, the premise of this movie is that uh, America has buried deep within its articles uh, for nuclear war, like its its methodology is that in the event of an attack on the United States on Washington DC there is a there is a plan in place where any general can order a nuclear hit on on an opponent if as long as if they're not in Washington DC and there's no one to pass that order down because oh. everyone in Washington is dead um and so some general and some no attack was made on the on Washington. Some general somewhere hated the Ruskies enough to go ahead and call in Plan R, which meant, uh, you know, we're going to go drop a bomb on Russia. Ooh. Now, what they don't know is that Russia has been developing a failsafe where if they are attacked, 
there's uh, it will destroy it will destroy Russia and it will destroy the world. Um, that's that's the thing. And uh, they're like, well, why the fuck would you not tell people you have that? That's the point of having that. It was going to be announced Monday. Oh, uh, so uh, that's the that's the whole premise of the movie is them trying to figure out how to prevent this attack from happening, how to get a message to the people. James Earl Jones and Slim Pickens being of note in that uh, the hmm. the plane that's going to drop the bomb. That's um, a pretty Star Wars name too, Lieutenant Lothar Zog. Um, yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a pretty Star Wars name. Um, there you go. Yeah, no, I I fucking love this movie. I could watch it again and again and again. I've only watched it twice. Um, and it's one that it was my third Stanley Kubrick movie before I watched it a second time. And it quickly became my first after I watched it again. And I'm sure if I watched it again, it would climb even higher. Like it's, uh, it's such a good movie. Um, and it's got a high, it's got a pretty decent level of entry. Like I think that you have to have a decent amount of knowledge or interest in the cold war era to really, appreciate the story i think and the fact that this was released in 1964 the heart of the cold war is pretty uh pretty substantial i would say um yeah like, i mean i had a dream about it you know but like people were probably actively thinking about it like through oh yeah no like it was a it was a norm they had drills like the way that we have active shooter drills at school now they had drills and what to do if there was a nuclear attack from russia get under your desk you'll be fine it's like (laughs) yeah (laughs) sure that's ish um I don't know. It's just a uh, a scary thought, you know. Like mm. apparently, we've been saved from nuclear war twice that we know of. Like that, it yeah. it like almost happened. Like I mean, the keys were almost turned. They were told to turn the keys, but then the the guys there were like, "This can't be right." Like, no, like I I can't do it. I remember, I felt like it was in some movie that I watched where that kind of happened. Where it was yeah. like, oh, M- Mission Impossible, maybe was it? X-Men First Class. Okay. I don't know why I thought Mission Impossible, but like one Mission guy was Impossible like, does deal with right. nuclear war That's later right. on. Okay. It, it was, it was X-Men. Yeah. And it was like, but the one guy was just like, like, no, this can't, this can't be right. I'm not going to do this. And like, they yeah. were like, no, you have to like, it's like, apparently yeah, that's Cuban, happened. The Cuban like, missile crisis, man. Yeah, like that was, like, uh, like, whoa. Like, we were damn yes. close to destroying the world. I believe we've started a chain reaction that will destroy the world. You know, it's, uh, uh, so it, it, and this would make an excellent double feature with Oppenheimer, uh, mm-hmm. if you if you wanted to, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, if you want to cool down with a light response to the heavy ending of Oppenheimer, just kind of like a, mm-hmm. and it's light, but it's also like it's still like it's scary, you like it's like there. well, this yeah. is this is it's not impossible you know what i'm saying and that's what makes it terrifying and that's uh so you think every rich motherfucker is trying to get off the planet you know it's it's i I mean it's better just kind of not to think about because what control do we have at all do about the nukes man uh like yeah i wish we could just send them all up just send them all up at once into space forget about them you know whatever I, i wish the aliens just come down and just like i don't know put some child lock on them to be like, Oh, well now they're all duds. Ha ha. You guys suck or something. I don't know. Yeah. But 
Yeah, this, no, I uh, mean like you got. Oh, is this yeah. where the shot comes from? The dude riding the nuke down, and he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this. Oh, I just saw that from. in there. Oh, that's that's funny. Yeah, um, uh, okay. it's the. Uh, yeah, it's a good fucking movie, man. And mm. uh, yeah, they got a character who's Jack D. Ripper, General Jack Ripper, is uh, the one who orders Plan R for the nuke to hit, and it's just because he's become so jaded by the uh, the anti-communist propaganda of the time that he's like, we got to do something about this or else nobody will. Um, he he goes up to his English uh, group commander. Uh, and he's like, uh, you ever heard of the fluoridation of water? He's like, you ever wonder why I only drink rain water? It's because the stuff in our pipes, it's got fluoride and it makes you more susceptible to the ideas of communism. Uh, so he's just a big old conspiracy nut who is very, very, uh, ready to, you know, end Russia. So no, yeah, it's a, it's a good fucking movie, man. And I strongly recommend it. Yeah, I don't know. I, was, I got I got three Kubrick movies to go uh, for for my list. Yeah, you so, haven't gotten to any of them. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I haven't. And they're all pretty pretty close together. Um, but yeah, I, this is one I definitely need to add um, to my list for sure. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, moving on to a, a happier note. Um, and this one, it was written. Um, this one we covered Ooh. in our two through film. Um, it is. Slumdog Millionaire, 2008, directed by Danny Boyle and Loveline Tandon? Tandon? Um, Not sure. Tandon? Uh, yeah. Um, but this, I don't know, it was, it was one that surprised the hell out of me whenever we got to it on the on the 52-year journey. And I remember, like, just taking away. Like, I, I, I've heard about the movie, and I knew, like, who wants to be a millionaire. Like, I only, only knew about, like, the millionaire aspect. Right. Of it, and that was it, and uh, but I had no idea everything else. Um, and, and it was just it's like it just a devastating movie to go through, but then the mm. ending just kind of makes it all worth it, you know, just yeah. like just them getting together, you know, him just it doesn't even matter the million dollar question, you know, like he it does it doesn't matter at all. He just he got she the phone, picks up the phone, that's it. Oh man, that's it. Oh, and, and the thought that like she wasn't gonna get there in time to pick up the Yo, phone, dude. Too. They led oh. you on there, and then no, she she picks up the phone. They meet in the train station, and it it God. was written. you know like I it, it's such a beautiful movie. And, oh, it is, man. That's a wonderful like, movie. Yeah, like I remember, I was just going down. Like whenever I was first making the list, I was just going down the whole fifty tier journey, and like just picking some that like I knew had to be there. And I'm like, oh, like I, this one was just one where I'm like, man, this just it's such just a a surprise whenever I first watched it. But then like, you know, it's um, I think I've seen it only twice. I think I only I've only rewatched it one time after. Um, I have not rewatched it since. Wow. Yeah. I I don't no. know. It's it's so I don't know. It's it's, it's hard so to good, get through all like the crazy like uh I don't know what you call them just child trafficker dude. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, that or, stuff you know hard like that watch. that evil guy and like all the way all they're like stuff. pulling the fast one or at the Taj Mahal and stuff like making people pay to like uh. Huh get t- fake tours yeah. of it incredible uh no nah, man it's a it's a great movie someone. man yeah no that's i don't know it's just a an eye-opening movie too like it just uh oh yeah i don't know just to see like that stuff just going on on the other side of the planet that's like still 
there's places it like that still written, today. Man. You know? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever whenever it does that at the end, I just fucking lost it, man. Yep. I was like, no, God, I love it. Uh, no, good. I was. That was such a good movie, man. Uh, dude, yeah. Didn't make my list. Uh, but it's mostly because I haven't I haven't watched it in a couple, well, probably a year and a half, I would guess. Close to it, anyway. Yeah. Um, and, man, yeah, that was a good movie, though. I love Dev Patel. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Frida Pinto as yeah. Latika. Um, yeah, Frida Pinto. Yeah, they- they were both just ah, just so. Oh, good. And I love Danny Boyle too, a f- fantastic director. Um, mm. mm-hmm. So did Train Spotting and ah, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. One hundred twenty-seven hours and another movie that I've got on my days later. Okay, yeah, yeah a couple yeah. movies on my watch list with Killian Murphy, uh, Sunshine. Mm. Uh, it's got Michelle Yeoh and Killian Murphy and uh, Chris Evans and uh, yeah. Hey. Another, okay. I'm pretty sure that's another nuclear movie. Um, Team of international astronauts is sent on a dangerous mission to reignite the dying sun with a nuclear fission bomb in 2057. That sounds, whoa, with that cast dope. too. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to watch that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Killian's just, Rose blue Byrne eyes are in the, yeah. in the poster too. Just yeah. like what, this is, I don't know. Um, but man, yeah, this, Danny Boyle, yeah, it. Didn't realize he he's got it on him like that, but okay. Um, uh, yeah, Hiroyuki Sonata's in that one too. Yeah, that's a uh, Benedict Wong. You got Wong in there, Mark Strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy cast on that one. I want to I want to watch that real bad. But uh, yeah, Danny Boyle, he's got the juice. He he definitely does. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good one, Slumdog Millionaire Man. I uh, one that's a long walk for a short drink of water for me. You got to go through hell. Yeah, that's kind of true. To get to the yeah. good stuff at the end. Uh, yeah. Kind of like a, a gladiator esque. You know? Yes, a little bit. Um, but it's but, it's. I think I'd say it's better throughout throughout the whole movie than Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. No, nah, man, that's a goodie. That's a fucking goodie. Um, oh, wow. Speaking of, I'll get to Gladiator literally. This episode, I didn't even realize hey, it was beautiful. in here. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it actually. Um, but anyway, uh, next up, I've got the first of two superhero movies in this episode. Mm, I've got okay. two superhero movies in this episode. Um, and we're in the. Uh, I think this marks the top five of superhero movies for me. Okay, this is this is the fifth of the top five. At 46, I have 1978's Superman, directed by Richard Donner. Mm. Uh, love this movie, man. I love this movie. And uh, this is one of those ones that I return to consistently for comfort. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm feeling sick, I'm throwing on Superman. I'm wearing a Superman shirt right now. Like, I, I love I love this. I love this movie. And I love this character. I love Christopher Reeve. Um, and... Everything about this movie makes me so fucking happy. So, uh, yeah. yeah. After after going to Superman Returns and like realizing that they were trying to replicate this movie, just made me realize like how good, how good a movie it was. is. Yeah, it's it was. I don't know. I I, I and I thought like 
you know, it was made such a long time ago. I'm not really going to be into it, you know, like, yeah, we'll, we'll get, you know, we're, we're going to cover it anyways for the comic book project. And then like, I watched, I'm like, okay, no, people actually, they know what they're talking about with this movie. Like, yeah. There's there's some reason that people say this is, is one of the best comic book movies of all time. Cause I mean, yeah, it's, it's special. It was, um, yeah. And it was hard. It was hard for me to put it at five out of five, mm-hmm. like for my superhero movies. Cause like, even the next the the next one that I get to within this episode, I'm like they're definitely the the I, I value them for different reasons, you know. So it's hard to admit that I I probably would enjoy watching the other one more, but I do love watching this one, man. Like it just makes me so mm-hmm. fucking happy. Um, Gene Hackman is a treasure, and I love I love him as Lex Luthor. I love Margot Kidder as Lois Lane. Just uh, the further removed we get from it for the comic book movie project, the more special it seems to me um mm-hmm. it remains number one for us right there um and this is certainly oh, yeah. the oldest superhero movie of my top five you know uh yeah i limited my list to five comic book movies just at all mm. and uh i, I didn't I, it, it would be i mean it's like it's probably six if i had like i put in game like I like it more than Endgame, so like it it would be above Endgame, but I just right. limited. I just wanted more, just non comic book movies in my list. So I'm no, glad it's you. definitely getting its flowers here because it deserves it. Oh, um, dude, I love that movie. And that was another thing is I I regard this again as one of my favorite movies of all time. And for it to fall at 46 was kind of just like, oh my god, I love so many movies. You know, like it's there's so many good movies out there. So yeah, I got Superman 78 at 46. Yeah, that's nice. And we'll get to the downer cut here too, so we'll see. Yeah, this Friday. Was supposed to go. That's I don't know. I'm excited to to finally get there and and watch that too. But yeah, that's a a special movie. Um, well, I did say I, w- I would get to Gladiator, and it is literally the next pick. Um, <laughs> Perfect. So so yeah, it is uh, 2000 Gladiator by Ridley Scott. Um, and I remember when we were covering this, like how it was like undoubtedly. Like the costume design, like, mm. um, like just I don't know. Th- this was just they were eaten with this costume design, like for throughout Dude. the movie, um, and just visually, just how it looked was amazing. The sets that they had, um, was one that was on the living. My dad was watching not too long ago. Actually, he okay. loves the war movies. He, wa- I think he's watched like Troy probably like five times in the last month. Um, Gladiator, Gladiator was up there as well. Um, and my dad's not, not usually one to pick up on like how good a movie looks, but he, he like, while watching this movie, he, he, he even like just said out loud, he's like, man, this movie act just looks so good. Um, and that's, I don't know, it is just true. And it is, it is a movie that de- the ending definitely saves, saves the movie a whole lot. Um, oh, yeah. and, and I, I mean, I guess like upon rewatch, I wonder how, how much that will change. Um, it has been, I think. I di- I have rewatched it one time ever since we did cover it, um, but uh, it's still I mean probably been a couple months, um, if not a year, um, that I have I have watched it. But man, I don't know. It's a war movie. I usually don't like the war movies, but this one just had something different about it. Um, and Russell Crowe as Maximus is just a a treasure in this one. And then oh, I don't know, Joaquin Phoenix as Commodus is equally as good of a villain in it um so yeah i just um 2000 you know the 
or my year, you know, my my, my birth year movie oh, that we yeah. for the, the t- second second two thousand movie on this on this episode. I did in the mood for love, which was two thousand as well. So uh, mm-hmm. this is a uh, you know you've got two fifty uh, two year journey through film movies. I mm-hmm. so far, do you have any more? In this episode, one more. Okay, um, I have two. I have two that I am yet to get to. So we uh, mm-hmm. and my next one is the first of those. Mm-hmm. At 45, this is where I have Kill Bill, Ah. volume one, directed by Quentin Tarantino from the year 2003. Uh, I fucking love Kill Bill, man. And this was one that was much lower on the list, and then I revisited it, and it shot way fucking high. Uh, Like I think this was in the 80s, and I rewatched it ahead of the 80s, and I was like, well, that's fucking wrong. Uh, So it got to boost up the list up into the 40s, and... uh, Uma Thurman is masterful as oh. as the bride, as Beatrix Kiddo. Um, this is kind of the representative for both movies. If I, I, I'm I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and do like the super cut of the movie where it's just both of them pushed together into mm-hmm. one movie. Yeah, um, this should be dude. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, no, it's it's so fucking good. I mean, but specifically, one hits for me in a in a different way. I think you know I appreciate the resolution that two provides. You know and. Mm-hmm. But that cliffhanger at the end, tell, tell me, does she know? Does she know her daughter's alive? Mm-mm. Cut to credits like, oh, okay. Okay. I fucking love this shit, bro. Yeah, no. I mean, the crazy 88 and her facing off with them in that in that restaurant. And oh, like, uh, God, yeah. That scene her, alone. Or spanking oh. that kid like, go home to your mother. Uh, fucking amazing, dude. Her facing off with Vivica A. Fox and Lucy Liu and just so much to like in that movie, man. Like, you have to, he literally had to do that fight in black and white so that it didn't get an NC-17 rating. Wow, that much blood. That much blood. It was too much. He had to do it in black and white or else it was not, it was not codified to be released yeah. as a rated r movie yeah, she um, killed 88 people there you know uh, yeah and a literal massacre so um, she just went to town um when lucy lou cuts that dude's head off and is like if any of y'all ever bring up my heritage in a negative way this is what happens yeah uh, fucking yeah. outstanding man now like that's a movie that i could i could watch again and again and again and uh just another one, like, I watched this relatively recently, but I think I might have even been conservative when I only put it up this high. You know, like, it's, it's so, it's so damn good. And mm-hmm. I love, I love it so very much. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember when we visited it for the com, or for the 52 year journey through film and just kind of being like, God damn, what a fucking movie, man. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so good. I, I enjoy yeah. it a great deal. So I, I went Kill Bill volume one. Uh, for the 46, 45, 45. Uh, yeah, I, I got a next episode. Um, so not, not too far off, but, uh, I think I, I originally like had it up in like my twenties or something like that. And then as I kept adding movies, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, uh, I got, I don't know, this, this gotta go above it, but, um, found its way down to, to the thirties. Um, but still, I mean, it's still up there. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely going to, that might be my, my thirties rewatch. There's one other one that I'm definitely going to have to rewatch in my thirties. Um, for sure. 100%. But that might, that might be the other one if I, if I have time to get to it. 
Um, but yeah, okay. We're on to 44, right? Yeah, 44. Um, I think you've already, I think you already said it. I believe maybe. Yes, you did. It was your 52. Um, but this is where I have Shutter Island. Um, mm. I, I think my first Scorsese, I think, on, on my list. Um, I could be wrong, but this is 2010 mm. Shutter Island uh, by, by Scorsese. Um, trying to think if I had any. No, you don't have any. I think that's it. Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, my first Scorsese, don't, don't really have um, a lot of scorsese but i'll be we'll be getting there after this project's over we'll be getting Mm -hmm. a whole lot of scorsese um in in uh preparation for killers of the flower moon which i am i'm ecstatic for um but shutter island was a movie i mean came out in 2010 i'd say the first time i watched it was in my young teen years um and i didn't really understand it fully the first time, but I, I knew there was like some sort of big twist at the end that like I fully I didn't really understand what was going on. Um but then I watched it again this year and I'm like, oh man, like yeah, this is this this movie is it's just it was I remember it being good and then I watched it again and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm I it it com- came back around and I realized that yeah, that I do yeah. I, I do like no, this is uh, still one I've only watched once, and I'm saving that second viewing for whenever we talk about it mm-hmm. um, for the Scorsese director spotlight. Um, and I'm so, so fucking excited for it, man, because this movie is so good. Leonardo DiCaprio is fantastic mm-hmm. in it. It's one of Scorsese's most like underrated, visually rich films like it is such a good looking movie and i don't think it gets enough love for that aspect of it you know a lot of people obviously key in on the like holy shit what the fuck is happening how Mm -hmm. did this come about like and understandably so but i think in in those conversations we lose sight of just how fucking beautiful this movie looks uh all the rain like shot i remember like just like uh whenever he's out in like the cemetery mm -hmm. uh, i remember like the car's headlights are like on like whatever kind of little temp i don't know what you call that little yeah building out there in a cemetery i don't know yeah yeah like just them like back out um shots of like just the island like whenever he's like um climbing up the cliff and then like into the cave stuff like that whenever like he's out by the cliff there's Mm. um, one of my favorite shots in the movie is uh at the very beginning whenever scorsese and ruffalo are like riding the boat in and it's like this like upward shot of them standing there like smoking with like the gray clouds in the background and it's just fucking gorgeous and it's uh dude it's such a good looking movie and uh brilliant premise uh astonishing twists like mm-hmm. that's a good one and that only marks the uh the ninth movie that's been set on both our lists so uh only uh so far you know there will be ninth more repeats you mean or ninth repeat like I said oh, it and you said okay. it. I was going to say, I'm like, man, have you said that many Scorsese movies yet? No, I've only yeah. said one Scorsese movie and I only yeah. have two more. I only actually have three Scorsese's mm-hmm. in my top 100, which when I added it up, I was like, that's shocking. You know, I mm-hmm. thought, I thought for sure I'd have more Scorsese, but, uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, uh, just how the things fell. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, not too far of a gap actually. Yeah. We're getting, getting a little more repeats in here now. I feel like it'll, it'll be kind of common the more, more we go up. Uh, yeah. The closer and closer we get Yeah, gladiator and shutter Island, both this episode. Mm-hmm. But other than that, uh, you've said four movies that aren't on my list at all this episode, Wally. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Fight Club and Slumdog Millionaire. I don't have any of those, but uh, nevertheless, I'll push forward to 44. And this is my second comic book movie of the episode. It is fourth in my top five. And it, it was it was granted a revisit recently in anticipation of another massive film. And I had to go ahead and acknowledge just how much I love The Dark Knight from 2008, directed wow. by Christopher Nolan. Okay. Um, man, that's a good fucking movie, man. Yeah, it is. It's... Uh, that's of of high quality. It is cut from a different cloth, if you will. Um, it's it's extremely good, and this is you know the contrast to Superman for me. Like the, I like watching this movie for completely different reasons than I like watching Superman. You know, Superman provides me comfort. It makes me sorry, makes me extremely happy. Uh, the Dark Knight. I'm just more in awe of the storytelling going on. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the quality is so there that it's like, ah, oh, man, this is this is a good fucking movie, man. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it'll be repeated, but not for a while. I figured uh, not. I figured not. It's me. uh it's such a good movie, man, and uh, it's one that I uh, you know, I had. There's another one I had much lower than I revisited it in anticipation of Oppenheimer and was like, all right, yep, this is going to go ahead and shoot way to up like the that. list. Yeah, yep. I don't know. It, whenever And Christian Bale does a phenomenal job. But like whenever he is kind of the weakest part of the movie and like – it's it's just insane. Like the villains in that movie. Well, when Batman like, is one of – and they don't do Bat – I think they – they definitely take liberties with Batman to a degree, but it's uh, it's one of Batman's weakest movies as far as being the main guy, you know. And they don't even—I don't think they do him a disservice. Like they do a good job with Batman. It's yeah. just that there's so much else going on that's so compelling, and that's yeah. uh, that's brilliant, man. The fact that it strikes this like um s- secret spy film at one point. Batman travels to fucking China. Mm-hmm. And breaks into a building and like steals Batman documents. Has no jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah, man, that's fucking pimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dude who tries to blackmail Batman, yeah. and uh, he's like, "I'm sorry, and, I'm sorry." So you're saying <laughs> that the billionaire who you believe is Batman, who goes out in the night and beats criminals to a pulp, you want to blackmail this man? Mm-hmm. And he's like. Oh, it's okay. That's okay. I'll just go ahead and leave. Actually, yeah, uh, actually, you can keep these. You can actually keep the blue. You know what? I'm yeah. I'm I'm actually good. I didn't really think this one through. I'm still gonna yeah, go on live TV fucking... and in in uh spoil who is who who it is. Oh oh, oh whoopsies, the Joker wants me dead now. You yep. know, the, his life really just fell that apart. Ruin the fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, he yeah, Heath Ledger's brilliant. Uh, uh yeah. A brilliant portrayal of it's Harvey brilliant. Dent as well. Yeah. Um Nah, but uh, just one of the things that people kind of take from Joker that I think this Joker that I think gets misconstrued is how dark and serious he is. This dude's fucking hilarious in this movie. You know, he is so fucking. I want to make this pencil disappear. Yeah, Yeah, it's like whenever uh, whenever the dude's like, you think you could just come in here and do this to us? And he just he's like holding a pen. He goes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so fucking funny, you man. Think you could just steal uh, from us and walk away. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got his half of the money stacked up in yeah. a pyramid. Laos is sitting on top. He just chucks, just oh, just laser beams him in the face with like a rack <laughs> of you know hundred dollar bills. Slides like, down the pyramid and sets yeah. it on fire, and he's like, "You see, this doesn't even fucking matter." Yeah. I'm a man uh, of very simple taste. I like dynamite uh, and gasoline. Well, and it you provides know. one of the most uh, like meaningful and fulfilling civilian standoffs, like civilian moments in any superhero movie ever. Whenever the dude's like. Give me that, and I'll do what you should have done ten minutes ago. And he takes it and he tosses it out of the window. I'm like, fuck yes, yeah. you know, like I'm like, that's my fucking man right there. I love that movie, man. And uh, so on Twitter, like a conversation of like, if that were to actually happen in the real world, oh, we're fucked. I yeah. like to think it wouldn't, uh, but someone's we, turning that key, especially you know? with how volatile people are, like. You know, maybe in 2008, maybe not. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe maybe not in 2008. Uh, But now, fuck no. No fucking way. There is at least, and I don't want to, I don't want to point to any, there is at least one conservative on that boat who wants to blow up that that boat of prisoners. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a guarantee. And I wonder, like, if he's actually telling the truth. If, like, you turn the key and it does blow up the other boat, or if it blows up your boat. You know, we never got to really see what happens, but, like, I wonder if he was actually telling the truth, you know? Um, I'd say so. You know, he's... um, He's a fucking liar, man. Like, that's that's one of his... That's one of his defining attributes is that he lies fucking asshole. Yeah, maybe it just blows up both. Anyways. So, like, who knows? Um, Just an agent of chaos. Yeah. Introduce a little anarchy. Gives the gun to Harvey, and he's like, just... Harvey could have blown it. Like, Harvey was gone at that point like he, yeah, Harvey yeah. Was, he just could have put like, it's so easy but yeah I, uh, such you want to know how i got these scars which one's the real story are they all made up are any They're of them real up. who knows yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a liar man he's fucking good uh it's a br- brilliant movie and I, I i enjoy it way too much to have not included it but uh it's yeah, uh, out of the five comic book movies i chose it was it was in there for sure. This one yeah. uh, was a pretty early edition. So, um, yep, I've got it at fourth out of my five. Um, mm-hmm. As far as my a few others that that though. hit me a little bit more, hit me a little bit more in the in the heart. You know, this one, I this one's more than anything just admiring how good it is, mm-hmm. rather than how much I love the movie. Uh, the yeah. other four comic book movies, it's like, well, I just fucking love these movies. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, had to get them in there. But uh, yeah. Dark Knight? Well, switching up from the dark gray of the Dark Knight, uh, it's my one and only Wes Anderson of this episode. And then we'll, ah. we'll you know, not a, I don't think I have one next episode at all. It'll be until the 20s till I get to him again. But this is where I have. Um, I'm much higher than you, um, I believe. I just, I don't know. I, I think me and, this is the most differ, like the most we differ of any Wes movie, I think. Um, and this is where I have Isle of Dogs, uh, 2018. Uh, um, I don't know. I just, mm. whenever I watch this, I, I have something like something about his stop motion films. It's, it's again, the admiration of the craft of them alone. But then also I, I just really like this story that was told here too. Like, I, I don't know. I remember just, it, it was instantly a comfort movie. Like, I, I feel like all of his stop motions are Mr. Fox. I like, I like a whole lot more than this one. Um, but Isle of Dogs, I don't know. It was just a, just such a, 
I I I just fell in love with it so 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 quickly. Just like what was the stray's name? Uh, let's see, Chief. Chief. Yeah, Chief. Yeah. Oh man, just just Chief's story. Like you know, they the dogs get split up. They go through the meat grinder half of the factory, and then you just have Chief and and uh, Atari. You know, just on their own. Uh, having their own adventures and you see chief just slowly start to like play fetch and slowly start to like oh like i could i i see you know he's like he he's starting to to open up to to just being a, a man's best friend and uh i think it's i don't know i as far as west movies go this is it's kind of like middle of the road for me like I, I did have like i think the last west movie i mentioned was let's see um it would have been all Life Aquatic, which was down at sixty, mm. um, and then so this one's up at at forty three. Um, so you know, quite the jump, and then you know, not not another one until let's see, until yeah, twenty seven will be my next one. So it is kind All of right. middle of the road, but still kind of up, you know, up there, uh, closer to closer to the the upper ones. But yeah, I don't All know. Right. I just, no, I dig it. So. I do her. Isle of Dogs at 78 and 43, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't know that mathematically that'll be the biggest gap. Hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Is, I'll have to... Uh... Is that the biggest one right now, though? Oh, yes, yes. For sure? Um, think, yeah. For sure. Uh, that might be the biggest gap we have. Oh, no, uh, Gladiator, like, as far as Wes is concerned, yes, that is our biggest yeah. gap. But uh, whenever it comes to yeah. just biggest gap, period... Gladiator is our biggest one from a 92 to a 45. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah, Isle of Dogs at a 35 spot gap. It's pretty uh pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Pretty substantial. Um Yeah. Oh no, I just I love the craft of it too. Like it's it's just I I was just in awe like the whole movie. Like it, the opening as well. Like it's just a I don't know, not just like a 5 minute opening that doesn't really pertain to anything else but i was just like what the like how the like i don't know it's just a whole different league of craft in my opinion Dude, it's so having good. to think of everything ahead of time just all the i don't know i love i love his stop motion movies um and and we'll get to his other his other movies nah, isle of dogs is so good man brian cranston is brilliant uh yeah. Liev schreiber getting mm-hmm. introduced into that into the wes anderson family there um Greta Gerwig has a role in that movie, uh, which I absolutely love. I had Greta Gerwig as my favorite performance when we did the Wes Anderson director spotlight mm-hmm. as the foreign exchange student. Um, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Murray, Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Have you have you, have you have you heard the rumor? Have you heard yeah. the rumor? Ed Norton has a great stop. When now? Why? You know, like that that whole intro yeah. that that whole interaction. I fucking love that shit. Uh, uh, you know, it's. I might fuck around and watch that movie tonight. You know, like now that now that we're talking about, it, I might just go ahead and turn that on. After it's this. just special. I don't know. I just I just fell in love with it right away. I I, I love dogs, so like it was already like up there. The stop mm-hmm. motion of it was insane, and then it's Wes as well. You know, and mm-hmm. like I'm like I was already all in to Wes at this time. Like when we were covering him for the the spotlight, and I just I don't know. It just kept climbing. Like his movies were just it's it's insane what that man can do with some films. So good. So good. Um, I love that. I love that. Um, But with that, I'm going to go on to my second Scorsese movie of the, uh, 
of the whole shitteroo. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of three. This is actually where I have Goodfellas. Wow. Um, I love Goodfellas. I do, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to be higher, but I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, couldn't bring myself to raise it too much higher. Yeah, 1990, directed by Scorsese. I got Goodfellas here. Um, sorry, my connection is destroying me at the moment. Uh, but uh, it said it was anyway. Um, but yeah, Goodfellas, 43. Uh, love De Niro in this. Probably one of my favorite De Niro roles. Um, Ray Liotta is the beating heart of this movie. Without him, it doesn't really work. But my favorite performance is easily Lorraine Bracco as Karen Hill. She is fucking fantastic in this movie. And... Again, I think people just kind of like everyone knows Scorsese is such a good director, but I feel like it it's it's we lose sight of just how just how good he is. It's kind of a it's kind of just like a given. It's like, yes, of course Scorsese is one of the best directors alive. You know, like of course of course he's just but like then you 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 take a step back and watch one of his movies and you go, "Oh my god, this man is so fucking good." You know, and uh this is a, this is just one of those examples. Um, I wanted this movie to be higher. Um, I just don't, ha- I, I don't have the, the, the greatest time watching it. It is another one like the dark Knight, where it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I just have to admire the, cr- the craft of it, man. It's just, it's so damn good. It's yeah. so well done. And, uh, I love the narration. I love Joe Pesci in this movie. Um, what do you think? I'm funny. Yeah, think yeah. I'm funny. Like a clown. Funny. Oh man, that how I'm to, awkward! I'm here, to, that I'm here to amuse you. Yeah. To oh amuse man, you. that was so awkward to watch at the first. Like, uh, just dude. putting yourself in Ray Liotta's shoes, like in that moment, like how? No, like, I mean, like the way you said it, it was funny. You're a funny guy. Uh, he's like, oh, oh I got you, though. I got you. Oh, what do you think? He like pulls his gun out, puts it to his head. He's like, ah, oh, I'm just gonna. Fight. And, like they're all laughing their asses off. And, like, oh my god, what a fucking world to live in. Oh, uh, when he shoots Christopher Moltisanti, like. Just uh, shoots him in the foot. He's like, ah, you know, I'm a good shot. What do you want? What do you want from me? I'm a good shot. I don't. I... Dude is a loose cannon. Yeah, yeah. He's just you never know what 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 the hell is gonna happen. Um, and yeah, I don't know this. I feel weird about this movie. Like, it is one that I just it like just while watching. Like, I don't know. I just didn't ha- like. It didn't hit me. I guess like uh, like I thought it would. Uh, the ending, I think, I really like. Like you're, you're right about Lorraine Bracco. Like, put I remember just on the bed, gun pointed. You know, like mm-hmm. wakes up and just boom. Like I, I like that ending. I, I I really do enjoy that. But like, I guess just like getting to that point. Um, I don't know. Just a uh, definitely a movie I have to I have to rewatch. Um, because I mean I do remember how like the craft of it like how how well it was made how well everyone's acting like i mean it's like there's some big names in here like this is um i don't know this is very i don't know i I think usually like like just crime crime like stories um i i I usually like i I guess i don't know I, i don't really have many crime movies i guess on my list actually now that i think about it um but usually when I think of like mob, I just go straight to the Sopranos. Like that's like that's like my like kind of golden like crime. And I haven't even finished the Sopranos. Um, no, it's, but it is it's I'm the best already, like, I'm version. Like, oh my god. Um, and so I don't know. I I just uh, 
It, d- it didn't make my list. Goodfellas didn't. Um, and I, f- I felt weird about it. Like it was one that that was like I was looking through the the list of fifty two year movies, and I'm mm. like, it's it feels like it should be on here, but like just but for, it's just not for you. Hey. Say, yeah, just it just wasn't. But that's all right, man. That that shit happens. It's uh, I I've I've had too long in loving a relationship with this movie to not include it. Um, it's one that at one point in my life, though, I would have told you it was a top ten favorite movie of mine. It's just kind of like more movies I watch. My tastes have altered a lot. I I like the dark crime stories, but they're not my favorite movies. You know what I'm saying? Like I I like yeah. stuff that makes me like, oh, this is sweet. I love this. This is so happy. Or it's just heart wrenchingly sad. This movie doesn't have either of that going for. It's yeah. just kind of like a fun. It's like a dark fun crime movie and mm-hmm. while i do appreciate those greatly as i have another one before the end of this episode um mm. it's just it's just not my it's not my perfect cup of tea it's not the most fun i have viewing a movie um yeah. i want my soul to either be torn asunder or i want to be as happy as i can possibly be like that's how that's how you reach the top of the list for me now um mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah, I got I got a crime one coming up in this episode. Actually, uh, I'd say I didn't have many of them, but I do have one that will come up. Um, I guess two actually. Uh, my next one is is crime, but I don't think of it as crime. It's more of like a, a mystery. It is a uh, it is the one I did rewatch in my forties, um, and like for some reason I thought it was too high on my list, and then I rewatched it. And I'm like, oh my god, no! Like this this movie is so much fun. Um, it is 2019's. Knives Out uh, by Ryan Johnson, and and I, I don't know why I thought I had it too high, um, but like I remember just plopping it on my on my list, and I'm like, like I remember just having like such a fun time. It's like infinitely rewatchable. Like I, I think Glass Onion is maybe more rewatchable now after watching um, the first one, but um, I don't know. This it's just such a like Benoit Blanc is such a good character. And I just, I I want him, I just, I want these movies to just keep going for, I want, I I want him. Oh yeah. Period. Oh my God. Yeah. Just, just his voice. And like, I don't know, even like Chris Evans, like he calls him like KFC, like, um, and like, just stop it with this Southern, whatever you got going on or what, you know, just like he finds it annoying, but like, I love the voice. Like the voice is like, it's just so soothing. I don't know. I could just listen to Benoit Blanc talk all day long um and and i just like the amount of twists that happen at the end like you think it's over and you're like oh we got we got the whole thing figured out it's all wrapped up and then it's like no nope not quite you know you got one keep going keep going like um whenever the like the report like the on call or what's the like I don't know. The the report from the medical examiner comes in and you're like, "Oh, uh, yeah. You know, she's screwed. You know, like it's it's going to prove her guilty like it's, it's over now." You know, and like and yeah. you know, uh Ransom, you know, playing like playing the game the whole time, you have no idea that he is um like on first watch and and he's like Dude, trying to help the her fact out. That um, she, like she was so good at her job that she could even tell which was the right one without looking at the label. Mhm. And the dude That's was going to be fine. Thing. That's the most devastating part. Yeah. It's like he wasn't even he going wasn't to dying. die. He was just about to have just his nice, normal little morphine dose that he had usually that he goes to sleep with or whatever. Um, 
or maybe uh, yeah i don't know she said like do you want to do some drugs you know or whatever like yeah. i don't maybe i don't know if it wasn't every night thing she said like he he broke his shoulder or something a week ago yeah. or something like that i think um harlan thromby so many twists that are in there like in that the maid that like she finds in the laundromat that like yeah ransom just got done injecting her with morphine um and you and you know like you did this you know but it's you you know like out of like and like just the amount like that and then and then benoit blanc you know she's about to fully confess to the family she's like all right you know like it's it's time i confess i can't do this anymore it's over um and then he opens up no. the he's like excuse me um yeah, and like, let uh, us not forget what was overheard by the nazi child masturbating in the bathroom uh he has a way with words yeah he oh does. dude he's and, brilliant and then he's like putting it you know he, he gets the family out of the house and he's like um you know bring them all out of the house whisper something to you know the one lo- or detective whatever and he's just like putting it all together and he's like just just laying it down um you know, a donut with with a hole, but that that hole in the donut actually is another donut with another hole in the center of it, and it donut. You know, he just kept going on, and the one detective like, makes, "All right, it yeah. makes no damn sense." <laughs> yeah, the one detective is like, though. "What are you saying here?" You know, just get to the point. Like the other detective is like, "No, no, let him keep going." You know, this is great. Yeah, let, like, let him cook. He's cooking right guy. now. Yeah, well, like, and I love that that one guy who's like not Lakeith Stanfield, but the other cop. He's the dude who Ryan Johnson just kind of has like, like he kind of occurs in all of it. He's the dude in Glass Onion who's just kind of there. Who's like, "I'm not here, guys. Don't you even worry." <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, that's okay. Yeah, that's right. Um. And I did. I actually did have glass onion. I think in my list, um, but I, I just I removed it um, and just it kind of had this be a collective of the both. I, I felt like I don't know. I was I was. I, it felt like it was just taken away from another movie. And and like I haven't. I don't know. I haven't. I, I'm gonna rewatch Glass Onion here very like soon. Just after oh, yeah. this watch. Um, but they're just such fun movies. And like I just. I don't know. I. Like Ryan the performance is a fun filmmaker, man. He's yeah, like, like th- how to come up with like that, like to come up with this story, you know, like it was masterfully crafted and like, just like on first watch, like I remember like, I'm, I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, I, I can't believe like, this is where it's going. And then it just keeps more twists and more twists. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like, how oh can you, God. how can you have this many twists in this concise of a story, you know? And like, and then glass onion, you know, like doing the same thing. Like, I don't know if like he makes everyone seem guilty as well. Like it could be anybody. Um, and then like ransom is like one that's like, Oh yeah, he wasn't there. Like it obviously couldn't be him. Like they just throw him out and it's like, yeah, it couldn't be ransom, but like could have been anybody else. Like, um, you know, yeah. Walt by, by, by Mike, you know, Zod, Michael Shannon, yeah. Zod. Yeah. I just know him as, as Zod, you know, being fired the night before, um, Joni, um, th- th- uh, you know, b- double dipping you know for all the money yeah got jamie lee curtis getting cheated on by don johnson yeah oh the letter how it was invisible ink and yeah it's their secret language the husband was like oh that that motherfucker didn't even write anything down wasn't gonna give anything to her so like he just didn't do anything with the letter but then she's looking at him at the end of the movie and she's like you motherfucker yeah i love that image of anna de armas standing on the balcony with her cup, just like in a blanket and everything. My coffee, and she's like, my house, my rules, I think is what yeah. it says on the cup. Yeah, exactly. 
perfect. Like, oh my god, I hope she didn't give a dime to any of them. You know, oh, like fuck no, they don't deserve it after all that. And like uh, Meg, um, the like the only one where I'm like, okay, maybe pay for college tuition. But then like the fact that she told like told everyone that her mom came in illegally and like was and like no one knows I'm calling. You know, I just wanted to check in on you and see if you're okay. And like and then like she's like. Oh no no don't worry like your school like I'll help you out no and then she just is like okay thanks like that's all she wanted to hear and like was done and I'm like okay you know what no no one no one gets a dime in this family this family just blows um so yeah I I, I don't know I love zombies man any any will like it, it reminded me of uh Budapest yeah it just the will reading in there how yeah. it all just goes sideways um and it I don't know I I love I don't know just a rich family, you know, like even Ransom being like, I think it's the best thing for all of you. You know, like that's what they told, you know, told him as he was cut out of the will. And like, right. I, oh, it's just, just hilarious. Like that might hilarious. be my favorite Chris Evans role ever too. I yeah, love it. He did so good. Oh my God. He was so awesome. Like, and Anna Armas was so good in there too. Oh, I like, love her, man. She's her, so yeah. good. Throwing up if she lies, you know, and then yeah. like, he ended up lying about the the maid's death and like holding just, it in until she was able to uh, right on right on his face, thinking that she's yeah. gonna die. Oh no, it's a play knife, you know. Like yeah. how many? There's so many twists that are thrown in her at the end. Brilliant, uh, like yeah, the slow motion, like yeah, you like, like watch it like plunge into her chest, yeah, the whole time, and she's like she thinks she's dead, you know. Mm-hmm. She's like she, had, you know, she probably like felt, and then he like, like she had no idea. And Oh, he's like, uh, well, shit. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah. shit. and then like they get him and take him out. Oh, yeah, it's just a a phenomenal movie. And I I hope Ryan Johnson just just makes, makes these into as many of man. these as possible. Like I I don't know. I, I absolutely love this this kind of film and and it like Last Onion. It really goes to show like how like it's the same kind of concept but a completely different movie. Like they they are so unique, um, but kind of like the same thing like in but the first watch is it's always crazy but then you watch it again and you notice all the little things and and mm. like that you didn't notice the first time and you know where it's going but it's still i don't know still amazing i love i love knives out and i don't know benoit blanc probably one of the best just character creations in in our lifetime like I, and uh like brand new character um i just i love love benoit blanc love ryan johnson uh, the whole cat. I don't know. Just a good way to have an ensemble cast in a movie too. Oh, like, dude, I love that um, idea. All, like, yeah, both. murder mysteries with just A-list actors. Yeah. Fuck yeah. What's not to like about this? You know, yeah. like I'm so in. Uh, it's a game of Clue, but just in movie format, and way more yeah. interesting and way more entertaining. Um, but yeah, that's uh my what's that forty? Yeah, forty two. Only got two more. Um, hell yeah. But uh, hell yeah. yeah. Um. Nice. I'm going with my my second crime movie for mm-hmm. my 42 in a row. Um, this is where I have 1995's Heat, directed by Michael Mann. This is one with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and Val Kilmer. Uh, I watched this for the first time not very long ago, and it was one that I immediately was like, "Well, this has to this has to join the list." Uh, making a statement that with a uh, Goodfellas. A movie I have a very long relationship with. After one viewing of Heat, I can tell you pretty confidently I like it more. I think Michael Mann is a uh, a brilliant, brilliant director um, with just a visual acuity that very few 
directors have. Um, mm-hmm. The man's got the man's got the eye, and the, the amount of shots in this movie they're just like, oh man, that is fucking gorgeous. And then on top of that, you're getting a career performance from both De Niro and Al Pacino and Val Kilmer. Uh, just a a long crime saga where De Niro runs this like heist group. Basically, they steal shit. Uh, they they go for big scores. Scores. That's the thing. They want the bigger score. Um, and Al Pacino is the detective. Is this yep. a one last job kind of movie? The one last job kind of movie. A worthy adversary kind of movie. You know, Al Pacino is the detective investigating Robert De Niro, and but they like meet halfway through the movie and they just go sit down for a coffee and they have a conversation and it's kind of like. I respect you, man. You're fucking good at what you do. In a different life, maybe we could have been homies. But now, if it comes to it, I'll fucking kill you. You know, like it's got like they've got this like uh just a brilliant rapport and uh man, I love this movie. And uh another one that if I watched it a second time, there's no doubt this movie is fucking skyrocketing up the list. And it's not the last one of those for the episode. In fact, the uh these last three, 42, 41, and 40, are all one-viewing movies. And if I watched them a second time, they'd go up, you know? And uh, I, I love this one. And uh, I, I, it's one of those, it's, again, it's not the, oh, this makes me so happy. In fact, it has an ending that's rather sad. And it's not, it's not exactly what you want to happen, but it, it's something mm-hmm. that you're like, you're like, yeah, that's the ending, you know, like. That is how it should have ended. It's not how I wanted it to end, but it's probably how it should have ended. Uh, fucking good, man. Like, uh, Michael Mann is a great director and I can't recommend his work enough. Uh, he's the one with, uh, Adam Driver, he, th- that one coming up, Ferrari. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about that. He's directing that. Uh, mm-hmm. he's directing okay. Ferrari with Adam Driver. Yeah. Um, he directed Thief with, uh, uh, James Kahn. Uh, another good movie. Uh, did Collateral with Tom Cruise and uh, Jamie Foxx, which I mentioned as an honorable mention a couple weeks back. Uh, just super fucking good at what he does, man. I, lo- I love Michael Mann, and uh, I'm I'm there for anything he does here on out. So, okay, love me some heat. That's my only Michael Mann movie on the list, uh, but uh, I love it. So, all right. I did say this episode I'd be making a statement. Yeah, I was. I've been excited for that. What is what's going last, on here? It's the last two. I guess it'll make more sense. It's a statement I'd say in how low it is, for one. But then the movie that comes right after it is more mm. of the statement that I'm making. Um, and it's a great movie. Everyone knows this movie as just one of the greatest of all time. I guess. Um, and I I like it. I mean, it is my 41. It is it is up there. But this is where I have The Godfather, mm. uh, 1972, uh, by Francis Ford Coppola, and like I, I fully know, like this is, yeah, it's, it's great, it's a, it's a great movie, but it's a three-hour movie that like, all the hype that I heard about it before going into it, I expected like, I don't know, I, I, I expected something much more grand than I guess what we got, um, but I mean. The craft of it, I can't deny. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful movie. The performances in it are undeniable. But as far as it goes, like, I don't think I don't really have any draw to watch it again. Like, in my opinion, like I I've seen it. I know I know what it's what it all is. I don't like it. Insists really upon care. itself, Lois. Yeah, like 
I don't. Really I do not. Care I do not care for the Godfather. That's yeah. uh, it's one of my favorite Family Guy bits. Yeah. They're about to die and about to drown, and he's like, "I have a confession to make." And they're like, "What?" He says, "I do not care for the Godfather." And they're like, yeah. what, "What? You don't care for the? How could you not like? The, it insists upon itself. It insists upon itself, Lois." Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know about. I mean, I don't know about that. I think like that's more of like a as time goes on. Like you know, like people like insist that it is such a good movie, so you hold it up to like a higher level than mm-hmm. than it might be, maybe sort of thing. But as it came out, like this is seventy two. Like I mean, it, yeah, oh, it's got to be a pretty. I mean, as far as the organized crime stuff, this is this is the genre. You know, this is yeah, what yeah, made like, it what it is. Like it's, I mean, people like as far as like crime go, like it mob boss goes, like this is what everyone goes to. Like if they mm-hmm. if they're going for any like mob boss example or anything, like. You know, like let me make you an offer. You can't. I can't refuse. You know, like that. How, how many times have you heard that? You know, like the yeah, you know, the Marlon Brando impression. It's it's everywhere. Like everyone does it. Um, and like I remember, I had like I had this up on the day of my daughter's wedding. And yeah, you, did he have like something in his you, mouth? You did, he did that, or is he yeah, just it's doing a prosthetic? That? It's oh, a prosthetic. Okay. Okay, uh, that's, right. that's extending yeah. his chin. Uh, but uh, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. You don't. You don't even call me the Godfather. Uh, just uh, that whole thing. A fucking. I. I love watching this movie, and uh, it's actually like. I don't have it much higher. Uh, like I. I don't. It's. Yeah. It's like at all. We're in a similar situation we were with Jaws. Um, mm. where like it's, it's right around the corner for me. Um, okay. but uh, I guess for how how low it is, but like yeah, I, no, I don't but know. I just, that makes me know exactly what your 40 is i i know i know exactly what your 40 is uh after after this after this statement to be made um no because uh your 40 is my 41 no way barbie directed by greta gerwig oh oh my Uh, god that is awesome that is amazing okay your 40 is my 41 uh yeah, I, i i love i loved this movie but it's a one viewer for me so another one that I wanted to get around to before this came up, but I just didn't get a chance to. Um, mm-hmm. I absolutely love this movie, man. I love Barbie. Um, now, unlike you, I do not have it above The Godfather, uh, but I only have it a little bit behind The Godfather. So, uh, okay, yeah, I, we can kind of talk about this together since it is your forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, nah, man, I I loved Barbie. I thought that Greta Gerwig knocked it out of the park. This is my first Gerwig, also, by the way. This is this is uh, oh. of the three I have. This wow. is my bottom. Um, I love okay. this movie though. Um, love Margot Robbie. I love Ryan Gosling. Um, the photography by Rodrigo Prieto was so fucking good, and the fact that it's not all we're getting from him this year makes me so happy. As he's also doing Killers of the Flower Moon. Um. Mm. dude yeah. just a. this is a movie that when it is available for me to watch at home i will be watching this into oblivion like i will be watching it over and over and over and over because it is so fucking good um and so pretty and so heartwarming uh you know i i, I feel like i'm making a statement too with it being above goodfellas and heat and the dark knight yeah. and all this like it's it's that good of a movie, man. Like it's, uh, it's deserving and it belongs among those titles. And I'm a, it's a one viewer for you as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Only one. And that's like right now it's 40. And like I'm, I already have it above The Godfather. And like it was mm-hmm. exactly for that, that reasoning is that I know I'm going to watch this movie 
way more than the mm. Godfather. Like I'm, I'm gonna watch this movie all like it's, it's just such, it's so fun. Like I don't know, it's just, and it's my second Gerwig. Uh, I think I already said uh, Lady Bird. I was yeah down. Where is Lady Bird? Where are you? Uh, sixty five for me, Lady Bird. Um, mm. and and yeah, I got I got one more to come, a little bit higher up. Uh, Love it. Little Women's just I don't know. I that one just hit a little differently. It's my top um, one as well, and that won't yeah. be for a while. Yeah, um, that, Little Women was a little different, but but Barbie, like, oh my god, I like it was hyped out of oblivion. But even while watching, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I'm it's I'm that fully good. In. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm fully in. Like, it was just so funny but then at the same time like just a really like just a good so, like social just a i don't know what what i'm trying to say just like a a good social, social commentary. commentary yeah just yeah. like of just of the times and and of everything and i don't know like you know and patel's out here saying that they're gonna make hot wheels and uno and all that you know all these other movies and like they're, they're movies missing the for women by yeah. women bro that's the goal the here yeah, that's – I mean, come on. Like, I remember, like, if you're in the theater as a guy, you're either a boyfriend or, I don't know, I mean, I don't, like, it's not not to say that guys can't enjoy well, this movie. cool as fuck. That's yeah, – that's, that's, yeah, you're, you're, you know, it's one way or the other. The theater was just dominated by women, like, at least the mm-hmm. theater that I, the, that I was in, and, like, that's just not common, like, whatsoever. Like, I, I can't remember a movie theater experience where I, I just – saw that many women come out of a movie and like were so happy afterwards like i mean mm. it was like it was just amazing like just everyone just hi barbie like in the parking lot like it, it was like over and over hi barbie hi, hi barbie. barbie hi barbie like in the park like, everyone walking to their cars everyone just saying it like and all the guys were like, just like i was just i was just i'm just kin like that song still stuck I'm i don't know like, kidding. it was stuck in my head like and the this like even the movements he does like i don't like i'm i'm i don't know it's such a was just such a fun movie yeah, and like what a love she sees a friend yeah. the like the heart into yeah. like stabbing his own chest you know like yeah i uh sublime no, no. yeah like there's sublime <laughs> no like i i fucking love that movie man and again i'm with you if uh if i see this a second time i have no doubt it's higher up you know like it's uh it's yeah it's so fucking good it's so fucking fun and uh i have a, I have a severe doubt like severe doubt that we uh we have anything closer on our lists than this the one spot difference here 41 yeah it, oh uh, so close to lining up there but yeah uh, um maybe no, we'll get maybe yeah. we'll have one i don't know later on but but man how just a the barbenheimer moment to live through oh, was just yeah. i don't know it was, it was so well cool. and the way that both of them like barbie became warner brothers highest grossing movie of all time today oh it beat it beat uh Mario is Mario Warner Brothers? No, I believe it's Universal. But did it beat um, Mario? I think I think I saw somewhere that it like it. I, don't I know, think it's, it's the highest grossing movie book. domestically. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. Like, well, this, now Oppenheimer's tracking for a nine hundred and fifty million dollar box office performance. Almost gonna hit a billion. Yeah, if they re-release that, it's like oh, it's a wrap. It's fucking yeah, over. It's, boom. That's that's. Well, oh, who knows how long it'll stay in theaters now that shit's getting delayed? You know, like mm, that yeah. shit could that shit could stay in theaters. You know, like, and that, that's what's so fucking cool about yeah, these movies, like, man. Oh, is that 
like it, it just feels like we're experiencing a moment for film and filmmakers, you know, even uh even in spite of the strikes going on and stuff. Like even that feels like a moment for them as well. Like if if they can hopefully they get what they are asking for and will keep getting these fantastic fucking movies, you know. If this is what they're doing when they're not getting paid well, what are they gonna do when they are getting paid well? Yeah. Like Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This uh it was I don't know. Uh, and I didn't like it took me a little bit to get to Barbie to actually see it. Like I wasn't in like the first wave at all, I don't think, of like all the the moviegoers, but it was it felt like it. Like when I was oh, yeah. I mean it, it felt like I just the amount of pink that was in like just mm. being worn for everybody, like the outfit like people were dressing up, you know, like for this and I don't know, it's it's like a I don't know, like a Marvel movie, but for girls, like a little, like, you know, like the, the same amount of like enthusiasm that I put into like a Marvel movie, like dressing up or. No, I like, remember, uh, favorite to like a, a you know, my Star favorite movie, like that, from but. the Barbenheimer moment was, oh, Barbie is Black Panther for white women. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, culturally impactful, like, I mean. Astonishingly so. God damn. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was incredible. Like, I, no, I, I can't, know. I can't wait to watch it yeah. again, man. I don't know what I was expecting at all. Like it, but it just, it just kept getting funnier and like, was just so beautiful, like visually as well. Like, like, I'm, like just seeing like, and like the narrator, like the narrator coming in every now and then, like, if you want to, if you play with Barbie, you know, you, you lift her and you put her where you want. And like, she just yeah. flies off her roof, sit, like gets in her car. Like I just, Michael Sarah, you know, just Alan, um, you know, love Alan, you know, love Alan, Alan. It was nice. Uh, the, the war, you know, that the, the Ken war that happened was just a yeah. huge distraction. You know, During so like, the, I'm just Ken number, by the way, which mm-hmm. makes it even better. Um, uh, yeah, no, sure. yeah. I mean, just, uh, Greta Gerwig was clearly having the time of her life making that movie, man. And that's, that's more than anything what I'm so happy with because I mean, I adore Greta Gerwig and this is third of my top three Greta Gerwig movies. And it's the most successful film by, directed by a woman of all time. It's about to be Warner brothers, most successful movie period. Like that's uh, a, yeah, that she crazy. deserves all that success. She's fantastic. Oh, you know, and that great. makes me so happy. Whatever she's um, doing next. Like, I hope it's, I hope it's like some orig- like her own, you know, sort of thing. Like I, if it is another franchise or something like IP, like that's known, like she's still going to kill it. Like I'm still going to watch it no matter what. Well, like, she's like, she's got the juice now to the point where I will actually watch Narnia. That's what oh, she's. Oh, that is her next thing, isn't yeah, it? It's, oh, it's, she's at least signed on with Netflix to do something there. I don't know if it's her next thing necessarily, but okay. like if that's, if that's the, like I've never watched any of the Narnia movies. I will absolutely tune in for that if 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 Greta's yeah. at the helm, you know, like that's the shit. I, I'll I'll watch the shit out of that, you know, and uh, I think she uh, she's earned that, you know. I think it's mm-hmm. she's earned that sort of faith and making it's it's not the IPs themselves that lend themselves to bad movies. It's the corporations pumping them out that end up affecting how good they can be, you know. Like if you attach yeah. fantastic yeah. filmmakers to an ip film it can be fucking good you know like that's just that's just the case you know i was i was astonished today to learn the directors of the first three movies in the alien franchise alien aliens and aliens three 
Ridley Scott, James Cameron, David Fincher. Okay. Imagine if we were giving IP movies to people like that. Like, and I know that yeah. people like that don't really want IP movies anymore. And that's like part of the, that's part of the balance there. But like, we don't have, like, it's not IPs that make the movies bad. It's the effects they have beyond the movies themselves. You know, like, even in the movie itself, Patel is the worst part of the movie. Like, it's like, Mattel, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I've been saying Patel the whole time, actually. I didn't catch it until just now. If I have been saying it, but yeah, Mattel. Um, uh, yeah, it's like, that's just kind of like, eh, it's, it's, you know, whatever. Um, part of the movie, it's like, I guess they needed to be there. You know, they wanted to put themselves in it and they made themselves look like a mega corporate. I, I, it's very weird that like, I don't know. I don't yeah, it's know. a mixed, it's a mixed bag with the Mattel side of things, but it's, uh, it, nevertheless, it's one of the most enjoyable movies of the year, if not the most enjoyable movie of the year. I say um, it is. Yeah. Ast- Asteroid city was a little different. Like just the it's a different kind of enjoyment, you know, yeah. like it's a uh, first that, West movie I'm seeing in theaters and like the build as up. Far as the heartwarming. That, yeah. This makes me happy. I love watching this. Barbie's probably movie of the year. Yeah. But it's probably fourth on my 2023 ranking after rewatching Past Lives, which is kind of wild. Mm. Like, it's been a really, really good wow. year for the best of the best of film. So, like, uh, yeah. like it's, uh, I love Barbie, man. I love Barbie. So, uh, that's what I had at 41. That's what yeah. you had at 40. And mm-hmm. I'll top off the list now with my 40. This is where I have, I'm throwing it way back with this one, 1954, Seven Samurai. By Akira uh, Kurosawa. Um, this was the statement I absolutely could not make. I was considering putting uh, Barbie above it, and I was like, I can't do that. You know, like I was like, I, I, I can't. I just can't. There's just no way. Um, it's so damn good. It's the it's the last one on the list that I've only seen once. Everything here on in, I've hmm. seen multiple times. I was so uh, close. I watched uh, my first Kurosawa. Uh, Yojimbo. Yojimbo. Yeah, I knew it ended in Jimbo, but I'm like, what's the beginning of it? And then I was I was about to have a double feature and go Seven Samurai, and then I'm like, ah, three well, hours and twenty minutes. It it's quite, uh, long, quite late in the night, but uh, this is one I I can't wait to get. I've heard so much about it, and mm. and I uh, I can't wait to get to this one. This one. Nah, man, it's it's yeah. extremely formative on film as a whole. It's influential as fuck, and. Mm. It's so good, man. I, I enjoy watching it thoroughly and it won't be the last, like the only reason I haven't watched it a second time is because of that runtime. It's, mm-hmm. it's so fucking long. It's just a, it's a huge commitment. Um, but once you've made that commitment and you're watching it, it's as enjoyable as any movie you'll ever watch. Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, Toshiro Mifune is so fucking good in it. Um, probably plays the most interesting character of the movies I've seen with, uh, with him in it. Uh, just kind of a conflicted samurai where it's like, uh, you know, the reluctant hero sort of angle where it's like, yeah, I guess I'll help, you know. Mm. Um, it's uh, it's it's so damn good. Them training the village to defend itself against marauders and you know, very very classic trope that has been adapted and uh, say Star Wars like fucking four mm. times now. Um, once in Clone Wars, once in Rebels, once in The Mandalorian, and uh, the book of Boba Fett kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's just a, it's a classic trope, man. It's a heartwarming trope. It's a, you know, like 
learning to defend your land, learning to defend yeah. your home. Like it's something you can get behind. And this is a, uh, I mean, like you've heard of the Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. the Western. It's just a cowboy remake of this. Hmm. You know, like that's that's all that is. You know, like a Seven Samurai, the Magnificent Seven. Like it's just. They're like, what if cowboys did this instead of samurais? Huh? Let's do that, you know? Uh, yeah. Swords are so much cooler. I don't know. Like, How can we Americanize the shit out of this? Yeah. Uh, if if you had to pick, I'm I'm trying to sit down for a long movie at some point, and the two on between is probably this and Inglorious Bastards. Um, if I had to pick one to watch first, where would you go? Is that- um, Inglorious Bastards isn't quite as long as this, is it? I think it's three. I think it's three. Just like right at three or right under three, I believe. That's two and a half. Yeah. Oh, maybe not as long as I thought. Okay. Yeah. But two and a half hours. It's it's a beefy three. one. Yeah. You know, like a that's a long movie, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, if uh, after one viewing, I enjoy Inglorious Bastards more. I've enjoyed. I've only watched both of them once. Um, and you know, it's just the Nazi killing of it all. I love watching Nazis die. So like, it's like. <laughs> Why not? You know, um, no, but, uh, I think that they are, they're, they both have incredible, uh, incredible significance. And, uh, I would, uh, if you're going for the more influential thing, it's obvious. I think it's obviously seven samurai. Like, I think that if you have a three hour and 20 minute period where you are not going to do anything and you want to do something, I would recommend visiting this before most movies, you know, like it's just, it's, it's one you have to see at some point. And I think that uh, the sooner the better. I need more Kurosawa. Yeah. Akira Kurosawa is so fucking good, man. And, uh, this is, this is the top one. This is the top Kurosawa movie I have. I think it's four. I think that's, I think that's all I've had. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Seven Samurai. I know I had Rashomon. I know I had, uh, Oh, Yojimbo uh, is at sixty-seven. Yojimbo, um, is it maybe just three? I think it's just three. Hidden Fortress is that him? Oh yeah, Hidden Fortress. There it is. Okay, yep. So four. This is my fourth Kurosawa movie. Um, fourth and final. And uh, but man, he's got a great catalog. Um, his first movie, Sanjiro Sagata, is Sanjiro Sagata is so fucking good. Um he shows those flashes of the filmmaker he'll he'll eventually become and stuff but it was it's one of those crazy ones where it's only like an hour and 40 minutes and it's because it's a restoration from like 1930 something that is or maybe 1940 that's like there's a chunk of the film that's just lost like they oh damn but the story is still cohesive with Mm. just what they have but like there's just a like it's gone there we don't know where the fuck it might be uh that's, that's wild. Uh, and then I've, I've mentioned a couple times, you know, along with the nuclear, uh, bomb discussion, uh, I live in fear. It's another Kurosawa and, uh, Toshiro Mifune movie where Toshiro plays an elderly Japanese man who's worried about the bombs dropping again in fifties, Japan. Um, just a storied career. And there's still so many Kurosawa movies I haven't made it around to that I want to desperately. Um, because I've never watched a Kurosawa movie in color. He he made it. He he eventually started making movies in color, but I've only seen the black and white stuff. But I've, I've seen that the stuff he can do with uh with the paintbrush, if you will, yeah, are uh, are lovely. 
you know, movie uh, Dreams, Ran. Those are both. Those are two. Like probably my next two Kurosawa movies I want to see really bad. Um, hmm. but yeah, thus concludes my forties, man. And we are uh, we're getting there. The thirties oh, is when it's like teeing is, up. Yeah, yeah, it's we're in the we're in the end game now, buddy. This is fucking good. If you will take me forty through forty nine on your list, real quick. Yeah, forty. I had Barbie. Forty one. The Godfather. Forty two. Knives Out, 43, Isle of Dogs, 44, Shutter Island, 45, Gladiator, 46, Slumdog Millionaire, 47, Fight Club, 48, Us, and 49, Wally. Beautiful. At 40, I had 7 Samurai, 41, Barbie, 42, Heat, 43, Goodfellas, 44, The Dark Knight, 45, Kill Bill, 46, Superman, 47, Doctor Strangelove, 48, In the Mood for Love, 49, A Matter of Life and Death. And with that, we will conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, all sorts of shit over there. Uh, For $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money. And I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod, follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review and to continue downloading as we continue our top 100. Next week will bring us the 30s in part mm-hmm. 7, 30 through 39. And uh, I've got some goodies there. I don't know, like, looking back at my list this week, like, I had 10 different directors, all of which are fucking gnarly. You know, like... uh the only like the weak spot is Richard Donner, but I had Kurosawa, Gerwig, Michael Mann, Scorsese, Nolan, Tarantino, Kubrick, Wong Kar Wai, and Powell and Pressburger. Like some yeah, pretty got, damn good. I got Nolan, Spielberg, uh, Kubrick, Tarantino, another Spielberg. Uh, as, yeah, as some big ones that I that I know off the top of my head. Yeah, know. next week though, I'm getting, I'm getting into the, I'm getting into the peel. You know, I'm getting to the Spielberg. I'm getting to some Scorsese. I got some goodies. Got some goodies next week for us. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. This Friday, we continue our comic book movie journey through film with Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. I'm so very, very excited for that. And then we continue Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast next Monday with season five, episode four. Um, remember to stand in solidarity with the SAG after and WGA and their struggle against the studios. Like I said before, they, uh, they're putting in time, they're putting in work and they deserve to be paid for that work. Um, and there's no real two ways about it. If you disagree, you kind of fucking suck. Bottom we line, if Bob Iger, um, we know, we know where you're at. Zoslav. Don't make me miles buttress you. Yeah. We've threatened to burn down of studios a couple of times, but now I don't yeah. know. This, it's seeming a little more becoming Revol- more real than it ever has. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I won't take it there unless revolution is imminent. Uh, mm. In which case, Scooby Doo will rise. Oh supreme. yeah, of course, uh, as always. If it hasn't already, a, just a shit ton of inside jokes there at the end of the episode that new <laughs> listeners will not get. Um, but. Uh, yeah, with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And bye, Barbie. <laughs>